Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Unlocking Freemasonry. I'm your host, Elise, and today we are on episode three. So thank you to everyone who tuned in for the last two episodes. Last episode, we talked about the inner workings of Freemasonry. We talked about the meetings and the initiations, what exactly goes on with those, and then also some controversial Masonic symbols that have a connection to the occult, which is actually what we're really going into today. So today we're going to be talking about commonly disputed viewpoints about Freemasonry, more specifically the debate about whether or not Freemasonry is associated with the occult, and also if Masonry has cult-like characteristics. So around halfway through my research, I discovered that all the information I was taking in had a really big potential of being biased because I noticed it was very one-sided and kind of just retold the same information. I wasn't really seeing any sources talk about any aspect of Freemasonry being mysterious or secretive or anything occult-related, I guess. And then I realized that maybe that stuff is just kept in the dark. So because every story was just telling how the Freemasons formed, what they believed in, it all seemed um, the same. And while it did seem probable, I knew there had to be another side of the story, a missing piece of the puzzle. And so this is when I discovered the writing of some Masonic authors who make a strong case that Freemasonry is directly correlated to magic and mysticism. These are authors like Albert McKay, Manley P. Hall, Arthur Edward Waite, and Albert Pike, they all make this connection. So some of these authors wrote that Masonry is the stepchild of alchemy. They believed that it was the stepchild of the Kabbalah, which is a which is involved in Jewish mysticism. So a lot of Freemasons, mainstream Freemasons, think that this is a problem, that these popular authors' works are considered as evidence of an occult connection to Freemasonry because they would like to keep that in the dark. So the first author we're going to talk about is Albert Pike. Albert Pike is definitely an interesting man, I've discovered. He was the sovereign grand commander of the Southern Supreme Council of the Scottish Rite from 1859 to 1891. He was a Confederate soldier and an editor for the Washington Patriot. And the interesting thing about Albert Pike was that he taught himself everything. He was widely appreciated and recognized as an intellect in his time, but he never went to school, so he was very much self-taught. He left his Masonic legacy by adding to the degrees of the Scottish Rite, and just to confirm, the Scottish Rite is is basically like an offshoot of Freemasons. It's still Freemasons. I don't know if we talked about that in episode one, but just to clarify. So he left his legacy by adding to the degrees of the Scottish Rite, and Masons still use the rituals that he created to this day. But Albert Pike is mostly known for his work, which is called Morals and Dogma, and this is every Masonic historical document mixed with his own interpretations and commentary, and it's actually 871 pages, so I was not planning on reading that. I also researched and read that it was extremely hard to understand, for modern day and really hard to interpret. So the reason this work is so widely debated is because Pike wrote this following line. So he said, Lucifer, the son of the morning, 
It is he who bears the light, and with its splendors, intolerable, blinds, feeble, sensual, or selfish souls. Doubt it not. So, obviously, Christians associate the name Lucifer with Satan, and this led to mass hysteria about Masons worshipping the devil. And remember, they had the Masons had already had other controversies before this, other reasons for the general public to be speculative and suspicious of their beliefs, and this just sent people basically off the edge about it. So there's a long, there's actually a long-winded debate about the word Lucifer and its meaning. Some claim that, like in old colloquial Latin, dating back to Bibles used in the 1300s, Lucifer is actually the name of the morning star Venus, and it does not represent the devil. However, and this is this may be true, but I think it's also important to point out that Pike was an enormous intellect, and he was also a devout Christian, so he was very knowledgeable about what Lucifer meant to most of the modern-day society, everyone that he was writing for. He obviously knew that they would assume Lucifer meant the devil. But I guess you can also argue that he definitely also knew that Lucifer had a different meaning earlier on, which was the sun, the star Venus. So it was probable that he was using that one. I personally, but this is really still up for debate. I personally don't know what to think of Pike really And that seems to be the general conclusion for all current Freemasons as well. He was just a controversial figure because he was a confederate. He, there were a lot of rumors that he was in the Ku Klux Klan. And current Freemasons, they appreciate his intellect and they acknowledge what he's done for Masons, but a lot of them don't like him just because they think that he is one of the anti-Masonic writers and he started this whole hysteria from this Lucifer thing and a lot of Masons today think that that was intentional. But again, since his writing is so difficult to read, like we said before, for modern day people, he really remains just an unknown. Also an interesting fact was he had a statue put up in, I forget which city, in the past like 10 years I think and it was torn down and um, people were writing all over and stuff it had to be torn down because they didn't like that Albert Pike kind of represented they thought he represented white supremacy and they associated him with the Ku Klux Klan but I think the statue was meant to show his work for um, masonry and he was holding a a Bible and just a um, academic work. So interesting fun fact. But yeah, like I said, others think he was an honorary Freemason and that one line was just understood, but I guess we will never really know. So moving on to kind of discussing a cult situation. It might not even be worth mentioning because he was so full of lies, but I think this really adds to how people perceive um, Freemasons today. So in the late 1800s, a man named Leo Taxel, he was a hoaxer, a world-renowned liar. He really played into the thought that Freemasonry was just a front for devil worshippers, and he published 
exposés about the fake palladium of masonry, which was a cultish group of Masonic men who were engaging in Satanism and sexual orgies. He later admitted that all of his stories were made up and he just wanted to stir up some controversy, but it definitely worked because, again, the public just believed that Freemasons were devil worshippers and it just started a lot of controversy again. So the question of whether or not Freemasonry is a cult has been, in my opinion, properly debunked, but you guys can decide that for yourselves. So we're going to go over the what the American Heritage Dictionary defines as a cult, and they define a cult in six ways. A cult is a religion or religious sect generally considered to be extremist or false. Now, I really don't think, so Freemasonry is not considered a religion, so the masonry doesn't really apply to this first one. Number two is a system or community of religious worship and ritual. So the second one could um, very easily be connected to Freemasonry because it is technically religious worship even if it isn't just one religion and there is a lot of ritual involved. So that is definitely a potential reason. Number three is the formal means of expressing religious reverence, religious ceremony, and ritual. So again, this could be very easily connected just like number two. Number four is a usually non-scientific method or regimen claimed by its originator to have exclusive or exceptional power in curing a particular disease. So nothing about Freemasonry, no one has ever said that they are capable of curing a disease, so number four really does not pertain. Okay, number five is obsessive, especially faddish, devotion to or veneration for a person, principle, or thing. Freemasons don't worship one thing collectively. They have a master mason in each lodge, but that is very specific to where you're living, what lodge you're in, and they don't exactly worship him. So that doesn't really apply. And the last one, number six, is an exclusive group of persons sharing an esoteric, usually artistic, or intellectual interest. So this last one is actually what we're kind of discussing in this episode, is the debate if the if masonry is esoteric or not, which we will also be talking about in the next couple points. But I would say out of these six two definitely apply and three could apply but again that's just an opinion and I think that people who say masonry is a cult they maybe just based that off of knowledge that is really not factual but again that's all your own opinion I think the possibility is definitely there so out of all the men who connected mysticism to masonry I believe that Manly P. Hall's interpretation would most likely be the most accurate. and But this is completely up for interpretation. And if you would like to see for yourself, I recommend reading his three works on it. I read them. um, They're called Freemasonry of the Ancient Egyptians, Masonic Orders of Fraternity, and The Lost Keys of Masonry. So Manly P. Hall believes that masonry was built on esotericism. He believes that masonry is not as much historical, but 
It is a divine symbolic language perpetuating under symbols of the sacred mysteries of the ancients. And he writes that, this is a quote from his book, the Masonic order is not a mere social organization, but is composed of all those who have branded themselves together to learn and apply the principles of mysticism and the occult rites. So he believes that there is a strong connection to the occult in how Freemasonry was built and originated. And he also believes that today's Freemasons are completely blind to the fact that the early Masons were basically built upon these esoteric beliefs. So he also explains in his books that after the 1750s, when Masonry moved from operative Masonry to speculative Masonry, if you remember, we talked about in the first episode. The members dedicated to the secret doctrine and the fulfillment of the great work, they died out and they began to deny its esoteric systems. So if you, I read a bunch of other works about the histories of the Freemasons and all of them said that Hall's work was not factually correct and you can't factually prove any of what he was saying about them being esoteric. With that being said, I think after reading Manly P. Hall's book, while it's not exactly what you would consider exact facts, I do think that he has enough of an argument there to prove that Freemasons were originally built off of esoteric beliefs and also maybe even related to the occult. So I think that there's no denying that early members during the Enlightenment era, such as Voltaire, they taught the esoteric teachings of mysticism to the Freemasons. So I do really believe that Freemasonry used to be esoteric. However, I also think that it died out. And obviously, the Freemasons today don't acknowledge that they have any esoteric connections, any occult connections, and I really just think that's because they don't want the public to be even more skeptical than they already are. They just want to deny everything and save as much face as possible. I do think that it's something that we as outsiders, as researchers, or just if you're interested in Freemasons, I think it's something that we should definitely consider as a possibility that it had a strong occult connection. I really don't think it's that outrageous of a claim. And I think it's a little suspicious how most Masons just deem their retelling of what happened correct. I don't think one is technically right over the other. I do think the historians and most of the Freemasons that retell exactly what happened historically and they don't mention the occult or any esoteric beliefs. I think they are correct, but I also think that these people, these Masons who do believe that there was an esoteric connection, an occult connection, I think they're also onto something. They definitely have a point. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. The next episode, we are going to be getting into all of the Freemason conspiracy theories. So definitely stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening.